Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. And a lovely morning it is. It's uh, cool and crisp. These temperatures are beautiful today, tomorrow, tomorrow. Monday to Tuesday morning, it's going to be very cold. In Austin, we're talking mid to upper 40s. In the hill country area, you may be in the 30s. You will be in the protect your plants mode for some of them, especially your tomatoes. So if you haven't got your frost cloth, if you haven't got your covers ready, spend today doing so. That Tuesday morning low is going to be pretty severe. Also, um, today is October 15th, 10-15. Any significance to that? You betcha. If you are going to plant onions by seed, 10-15 onions, that's what the 10-15 means. You plant them on this date, the seed. Now, we won't have onion starts, the bundles of onions, at the nurseries for a while yet. Some places will have them as late November, some places not till January. They get planted when the days start getting longer again. That's when they should be going in the ground. Your 1015 onions by seed should go in the ground about now. Now, we're getting these great temperatures but we're getting one really important problem yet. We're still in a drought. We got a little bit of rain, nowhere near enough, nowhere near enough to cover what we should have. And we're not getting any more. Now the cool temperature means we don't need as much water. That's really great. Unfortunately, we don't have the water in the first place. So the cool temps are great. You may not have to water as much because there won't be such a demand on your plants. But we really need some rain coming. And it isn't in the forecast. It doesn't look like it's gonna be anytime soon before we finally get some rain again. I don't know about y'all, but walking around my property, I suddenly noticed that I have lots and lots of inkberry. Some people call it pokeweed. Uh, it has a stem with a bunch of little berries on it. Kind of looks like uh, Brussels sprouts, not so many leaves but they'll have a stem and there'll be berries around it and they will turn black as night, dark, dark, dark black berries. And the birds love them. And that's why you wind up with inkberry 
growing in all the places you'd rather not have it. Now, it can get kind of big. So if you've got it and you don't want it, you want to keep it cut short. Even better if you could pull it out by its roots. But I'm noticing that we're getting a lot of inkberry this last couple of years. Um, it looks cool. But if you didn't want it, you really need to attack it the moment you recognize it. You need to pull it out if you can to get rid of it. And you definitely want to keep it cut back so it has trouble making new berries. Like I said, the birds will spread those seeds everywhere. And then you'll have to deal with it the next year. What else are we doing at this time of the year? This is not a bad time at all to fertilize your turf if you haven't yet. There are lots of great turf fertilizers out there that are organic, won't burn your turf, and they'll only feed the plants when the plant needs it. They're not going to force the fertilizer into the grass, but it will help the grass build bigger roots over the winter so that in the spring you have a really good, rich, thick turf. This is not a bad time to consider using corn gluten to try to knock back the number of weeds you will get in the spring. Corn gluten prevents seed germination. So you want to be careful and use it in places where you do not have seeds waiting to come up. You want to kill weeds? That's going to work. It's safe to use around growing plants, but do not use it. If you just put down wildflowers, you're going to kill the wildflower seeds. Let's go to the phone. This is Robert. Robert, what can I do for you? Robert, I can't hear you. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Uh, last week you spoke uh, extensively about the squash border, but this week I have uh, broccoli leaves that look like Swiss cheese. What's going after those? You think? Turn them over. You probably have cabbage lopers. Fancy uh, word for in inchworms. Okay. They will be the same color as the leaf, and they'll be on the underside of it. Um, they're pretty voracious, and you can deal with them either by crushing their little head between your fingers, <laughs> or you can use a BT product. That way, when they take a bite of the leaf, it will poison themselves, and kill them. Okay, so but insecticidal soap is not going to do much? Uh, no, it won't, as a matter of fact. For that particular kind of insect, it, it's not going to stop them. Because so, I've, uh, I've got bok choy right next to them, and they don't seem to like that one. So. That, you know, believe it or not, that's very possible. You could also have something else called a flea beetle. 
then here's the difference. Are the holes consistent size, really small? Yes. Okay. Then you may have flea beetles. You can try diatomaceous earth and dust well. And what that is is the flea beetle has a hard shell, so it will cut the shell and cause the uh, flea beetle to desiccate. Your other choice is to get some of those yellow sticky traps. Yeah. You put on a spike and stick those in the ground next to the plant. Flea beetles like the color. They jump on it. They get stuck to it, and they're not causing you problems anymore. Okay. Is that just a normal thing from a big box store? Yeah, you can get them from a nursery. Big box stores should have them in their... Um, you may find them in their interior plant sections. Okay. But you can get a package of them. They have little plastic stakes. You put the yellow piece of paper on the stake, stick the stake in the ground next to the plant, and you come out the next day, it's going to be covered with bugs. Huh. Okay, cool. I'll try it. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for the call, Robert. Yeah, sometimes there's really simple solutions, and they work well. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody. Going to be a gorgeous day going to be a really pretty day. The temperatures are going to be great, sunny, um, light breeze, really. We're not even going to have much of a wind. Oh, going to be lovely out. We're finally getting, finally getting to enjoy what passes for fall here in Texas. Now, what can you be doing? I, I, I've been getting some texts, and some of them are not on a specific particular plant. But you need to understand, if you're planting a seed, there are certain seeds that are like, ta-da, they're going to pop up in a day or two like radishes. I mean, you can harvest a radish in less than 28 days from planting. But there are a lot of seeds that they're going to take 10 days or more to get growing. And the other thing about those particular seeds, if your seeds are old or if they weren't stored well, your germination rate is going to go down. If you have fresh seed, well, they're going to germinate better. Stuff you bought for this year. Now, that doesn't mean you need brand new seed every year. Some plants can go 10 years and still produce a good germination rate. Some plants are only good for a little more than a year. So that is a factor that's involved in how fast plants will come up. 
one of the other things is make sure you are not planting your stuff too deep. A lettuce seed, for example, doesn't need to be much deeper than a quarter of an inch. Spinach, about the same. Beans, peas, half an inch down. If you plant too deep, the plant doesn't have enough energy to push leaves up through the soil to be able to get sunshine. And that can, that can affect your germination. Should you fertilize if you plant something? No, 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 no. You don't need to. If you're planting into good soil, if you've really worked the bed you're planting in and, you know, uh, it's got a great tilt to it, it's light and fluffy, you put in plenty of organic matter, these seeds are not these seeds are not going to need any fertilizer. Um, is it uh, a text message about some seeds? Is it too late to put in some of these seeds? Nope. We're a, we should be a month to six weeks from our first frost. If you were to plant a seed and you gave it six weeks to get going, it should be fairly well established before we get cold weather. So many of our winter seeds, you can still start them now. But you do want to kind of get with it. Because our temperatures are terrible here. We don't know what the heck is going to happen. And we definitely, uh, definitely don't have enough rain. So if you're going to be planting some seeds, uh, you need to, you need to get going. Now, there's nothing that prevents you from starting seeds inside, letting them grow to a pretty decent size. That'll make them stronger if you're going to be planting when there's a risk of a freeze or a frost. But if you're doing seeds now, you want to get going. You don't want to wait much longer. I know the temperatures are still warm, and that's okay. I mean, we're going to, it says 92 on Friday. That's fine because the nighttime temperatures are nice and low where we want them to be. But you want to get with it if you're planting your winter garden. Let's go to the phone. This is Pam. Pam, what can I help you with? Morning, Jeff. I have three dwarf Meyer lemons that are 36 years old. Oh, they have, I know. It's, it's a miracle, believe me. Uh, they are in pots, in big uh, clay Italian pots. And we spend the summers away. And when I came home last month, 
they had a red-looking scale on the fruit, a lot of it on the fruit, and some on the leaves. And the scale is on the top side of the leaves. It, is, it isn't on the bottom side, so I could see it very easily. Now, I have sprayed with some neem oil, but my neem oil is old. I mean, I mean, it's real old. And I used it anyway because I didn't have anything else. Can I use old neem oil? Is it the right thing to use? And is now okay for me to go at it again? Yes, yes, and yes. The thing about neem oil is that as it gets older, it may lose some of the effectiveness you get from it from the chemistry of the neem, all of the Mm -hmm. chemicals that are in the the crushed pit. Mm -hmm. However, it's still an oil, and it will remain an oil, so it will still coat the insects and suffocate them. So Mm -hmm. if you had nothing else... That's fine. That is, that's a good product to be doing. Now, you may have what is a fruit mite. The the oh. red that is um that is kind of a clue that it's possibly uh citrus mites which okay. attack the fruit. You still handle them the same way. Okay. Wet plant good with the neem oil. Uh, I would do that again, you know, this week, maybe the next week, too. Mm-hmm. But your neem oil is still good because it's still an oil. Yeah, it has a very got... strong odor, too, still. Yeah, um, yeah. So what I'm going to do is just put warm water in it, you know, and make it agitate good. So should I soak everything to dripping? And should I do it in the day or in the evening? Um, I doubt we're going to have sun issues where the oil and the heat of the sun are going to be an issue. That being said, if you do it in the evening, then you never have to worry about that. Right. You just spray in the evening and you're good to go. You don't have to worry about any burn. One other thing you need to remember, at about 45 degrees or so, Mm -hmm. neem oil reverts to the consistency of softened butter. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of clumpy, so using warm water will help dissolve it. So that's a really good idea. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, I'll get everything prepped and ready to go for this evening, and I'll just spray it tonight. And, uh, And then you say do it one more time, you think? Yeah, yeah, probably. Some of the damage you see is going to remain, no matter, even if you kill the insects. Right. So you you really want to make sure that you've hammered it as hard as you can to get rid of them. Right, right. Well, actually, the plants look good. Uh, the fruit huh? looks really bad. I mean, it's juicy and it's good. We've been scrubbing the scale off and juicing the lemons, and they're great. But um, anyway, I'm just concerned. I've had these so long, and they've been through so much. So this is, <laughs> don't want to lose them not, at this point. 
No, this is not a fatal thing that's happening to them. Good, good. Well, they're back out in the sun. We had them tucked away in the shade a little bit for the summer because it was so brutal. And we put them back out, and I had sprayed them. And so I just thought I'd better check with you. And I'm glad I did. Got it. So uh, I'm impressed. My orange is only about 12 years old. Yeah, well, 12 years, so it's getting there. Yeah, well, these these are amazing. I mean, I've had them to where they've lost every leaf a couple of times due to cold or due to heat or whatever, and they've come back. And when we had the freeze-mageddon, one of them I really thought was was gone for good, and they were in the greenhouse. But our electricity went out for three days, so um anyway i waited like you said wait wait don't cut up don't pull them up wait and the day i was going to pull this one up out of the pot i looked down low and there was a green leaf above the graft (laughs) so there we are and it's big and beautiful now so i will get on with this and i will write on my calendar to do it again next week thank you much for the call and uh you're quite fortunate pam to have that old of citrus. So keep it going. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We need to take a break for the news. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, Pam gave you a great, great example there. Citrus are trees that will do very well here in Central Texas. And you do not need to put them in the ground. You don't even need a really big container for them. The citrus that are sold at our local nurseries are on dwarfing rootstocks. That means in a container, they may get six feet tall, maybe eight feet tall. And they accept being pruned just fine. So you can truly control the height of the citrus and uh, its shape. The citrus can produce a lot of fruit, a lot of fruit, depending on which variety you are growing. You can wind up with a lot of citrus on a single plant in a container. The only thing they can't handle is when it hits freezing. Then we start winding up with all kinds of problems with the citrus. It may freeze the fruit off, and that's not what you want. You want to get citrus. And there are some varieties that are super delicate, like a lime can't stand 32 degrees. You may kill it. So if you have a lime, you want it in a container, not in the ground. You want it in a container so that you can bring it into the garage or... um, Maybe you've got one of those pop-up greenhouses. You want to be able to keep it well above freezing at all times. 
And you know, frost cloth is cool. It can give you four to six degrees of coverage. So if we hit 26, the frost cloth may keep you at 32 or above underneath it. But the problem is we get so cold here. We have bursts of cold that are too much, even for frost cloth. Maybe stuff would make it better in a nursery, a nursery, sorry, in a greenhouse. But the frost cloth isn't the be all end all of keeping your plants warm. The frost cloth will still allow your plants to get below freezing temperatures. They are mostly a season extender. Like with the temperatures we have coming up Tuesday morning, they're gonna keep your tomatoes going. But if we were going to be any of the ice storm, the freeze apocalypse we had, the frost cloth did not help. It is not going to protect you with enough heat to keep things above freezing. Now with citrus, the nice thing is they can be very, very productive in a container. You can get a container and oh, cold weather come and slide it into the garage. My orange tree goes in that way. My wife and I hook up our pot lifter. We gotta move it about six feet and it goes in the garage. We close the garage and that keeps it above the freezing temperatures. Sometimes not a lot above freezing. Uh, I have had ice in my garage before but normally, it's more than enough to keep my citrus going. And if you have a sunroom, if you have your citrus in an attractive pot, and it's not too big, you can put it in your living room. Put it in a window where it'll still get some sun. Now, speaking of that, how much sun does it need? Citrus want all-day sun. So what happens, I put it in my garage and I don't have any windows on my garage door. Am I gonna kill it? No, I'm not. If I can keep the soil moisture okay, that plant could be in the garage for a week with zero sunshine. Now trust me, it'll look like it hasn't had sun in a week but it'll continue to grow. It'll replace bad leaves with new ones. Citrus is really a great specimen plant for you to try. And you can have kumquats and tangerines and uh, oranges and lemons and limes and a grapefruit. All of these are something you can produce on your citrus plant. And I, I've always said the best strawberries you could ever have are when you pick that strawberry right off the plant and stick it in your mouth. It is gonna be the best flavor you ever seen. Citrus is kind of the same way. It is amazing the flavor you get when you pluck that off of the plant, 
and start eating it. It will be delicious. Let's go to the phone. This is Teresa. What can I help you with? Teresa, are you there? Yes, I'm still here. Um, The issue is that my apple tree bloomed uh, in February, survived all the freezes that we had, and it bloomed there. We had apples, you know, like in May, and then, you know, let the thing go, do whatever. Now the apple tree, it's an Anna uh, self-pollinating, is blooming flowers. <laughs> what is going on here? It happens. Severe <laughs> swings in the weather will cause it to do that. It does not hurt the tree, but you're not going to get any fruit. My plum and my pear are both blooming right now. It's just because of the stresses of the weather that the plant went through. Okay. Well, during the, you know, I do water it. And and water it. Who cares about the city of Austin? But I'm trying to protect that tree, a cup tree that is, 60 feet high, older than dirt, and a Mexican plum tree. That's all I've been feeding. Oh, yeah, the turkey fed big tree. So that's all I've been doing during the summer. Well, your apple is not, not at risk. I have. Oh, good. Yeah, I have plums and I have pears, and they both have flowers on them. Not a lot of flowers, but they're definitely not supposed to be blooming right now. It's okay. It happens, okay. and there's nothing you can do to it. Okay, I'll just let them bloom. I'll feed the bees. And the hummingbirds well, love that apple tree hanging out on it. So that's all I care about. I, that. I fully understand that one. Now, The first frost will knock those flowers off. So you really don't have to do anything at all. You can leave them as long as you want. Awesome. I appreciate your help. And thank you. And you have a fabulous Sunday and month, et cetera. (laughs) You too. You too, Teresa. Thank you for the call. Um, Yeah, folks, many of our fruit trees, Peaches, pears, apples, plums. I don't have any pomegranates blooming at the moment, but they are probably, you may find lots of them with blooms on them. It's not hurting the tree. You won't get fruit this late in the year. It is just a reaction to the weather conditions it went through. Don't worry about it. There's no harm. The first frost will knock all of those blooms off, and there's nothing wrong with your plant. There's nothing you can do about it. So don't panic. That's probably that's probably really good advice. Don't panic. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. 
welcome back, everybody. We have absolutely lovely weather today. This is a go outside and go for a walk. Let the sun shine down on you today. It will make you feel better. It gives you your vitamin D. Um, got a note here. My wife just yelled at me that it's really windy outside. So other than that, it should be a lovely day to be outside. The temperatures are great. Remember, cooler weather means we don't need as much as much water. We don't get such evaporation from the soil. However, the same problem happens when we have the wind. If the wind will cause plants to act like straws. It'll suck water right out of the ground and out of the plant. And the wind blowing across the ground will dry it out, will desiccate it. And we're back to the, geez, we need water. So remember how to water. Slow watering. The minute that water looks like it's running off, the minute it's traveling to a place you weren't watering, turn it off. Come back in an hour, two hours, and water some more again. We don't, we can't waste the water. We, we cannot waste water. <clears throat> Deep watering is what we need. So if you water real slow, that water will uh, sink deep into the soil. And that's what we're looking for. Where the water goes is where the roots grow to. And the neat thing about roots and plants, when that plant puts on a root, it drills through the soil to let the root grow. And it breaks up that soil to make it accept water and oxygen and nutrients much easier. One of the neat things about plants and their roots, one of the things about the roots, the plant will grow a root, but after some period of time, it'll go, hey, thanks, you did what I needed you to do, but uh, I'm sorry, you're fired. And it will stop feeding that root. It basically cuts it off from the plant. So what happens is the plant effectively makes its own compost. It produces roots, it sends them out in the soil and lets them die. So it adds its own organic matter to the soil. Neat, neat feature, huh? So slow watering, deep watering, and we do not want swamps. We do not want a muddy mess that'll show up as too much water for the plant. Let's go to the phone. This is John. John, what can I help you with? Good morning. How you doing? It's nice not to be in 105 degree weather. I actually put my oh. phone in Celsius so it felt cooler. 
because it was better to say 42 <laughs> than 125. <laughs> you bet. You bet. Yeah. What can I help Ask you with? You the, well, we've got a pretty big yard. Not, I'm not a fan of, like, uh, the weeds that we call grass. And uh, we got a great perimeter that we're trying to work on with just wildflowers. So my question is, if we're to seed the yard for, like, wildflowers for next spring, like, when do we do it? And is there any trick to kind of spreading the seeds around uh, or kind of seeds we use? Because we love to have, like, the little wildflower perennials grow out there whenever they're supposed to come up. Okay. Number one, if you have a seed mix, like you bought a, a bag of mixed wildflower seeds. Yep. You want to get some sand. And you mix sand and the seed together. The only reason I say that is so you get a, a, a much more even distribution. Right. You kind of make it easier to, to do the wildflower seeding. Number two, you really want to do what you can to make the seed come in contact with the soil. So when you're seeding, if you're seeding on top of grass, there's a very good chance that the seed would germinate, but it's got nowhere to send its root because it's on a blade of grass. So if you can seed and then like drag a rake through it to help drive the seed down to the soil, that will increase your germination rate. And number three is you have to understand in those seed packages, if you get a pound of seed, for example, and it's a blend of 20 different wildflowers, they're wildflowers that are going to germinate and grow at different points in the year. It's unlikely that every wildflower in that bag is going to show up and bloom during the same period of time. Well, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, the longer they bloom, the better. But those are really the simple, simple tricks, and um, you're you're pretty much fine doing the wildflower seeds. Now you don't have to water them; they're wild flowers. They will be germinated by the rain that falls from the sky. Yes, I know we sure could use more rain. But if you water them, then you're kind of addicted now. You'll need to water them on a semi-regular basis so that the seeds don't start germinating and die from the drought. Right. So how much would how much would you say, like, as far as, like, uh, I mean, is there a kind of a brand of bag of, of mixed seeds that you like or just, like, it's just a matter of, getting the bag and then putting them with the play sand and then and then using the distribu- distribution with the sand? That's just the trick? There is a company called uh, Native American Seed, and they have several mixes, butterfly, hummingbird mix, uh, general wildflower, bird seed mix, etc. And each bag they get will be like a one-pound bag will cover 2,000 square feet. They'll tell you right up front how far it should go. You can find this company at Seed Source. One word, SeedSource.com. They're in Junction, Texas, and all of the seeds that you will get will grow here. Great. 
seedsource.com. Okay, that's great. We'll give that a try. And we actually had a really successful crop this broadly uh, enough. The okra went wild, great tomatoes, lots of cucumbers. I couldn't tell you why because it was so hot, but, um, you know, we're ready to do the winter garden now. So thank you. Uh, you bet. Uh, do those cukes again. If you if they're not producing anymore, there's plenty of time to do another round of cucumbers for sure. So you could get good cukes for the winter. Folks, this is gardening naturally. Um, it is a gorgeous day today. It is one of those go outside and enjoy. It's going to be a little windy. But the next couple of days are going to be truly awesome. Be prepared for that Tuesday morning. It's going to be cold, especially for you folks in the outlying areas. You may want to cover up those tomatoes if you're trying to keep them going because it will be colder than the tomatoes want. Probably too cold for your basil also. But it is finally not 105 degree weather. I will take cold over that pretty much any day of the week. You all have a wonderful rest of the weekend. I will talk to you all next Saturday at 9 o'clock.